This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series with Pat Bradley, the executive director of Clayton Bradley Academy and founder of Clayton Bradley Academy. She's going to be walking you through her process of understanding learning-centered school model back when she was a teacher, and then as she progressed into two different principal ships, and then finally the executive director at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope that you enjoyed this interview with Pat Bradley by Kendall Terry. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today our executive director and founder, Pat Bradley, and some of you have heard her maybe at different events that you've been to here on campus, but um, she's also been in a couple of the podcasts in the past, and so I wanted to bring her in to talk about the Learning Center School model because we've been um, talking about this model in several of our podcasts over the past couple of episodes and um, really focusing on some of the different nuances of the model, but you have used this model for a long time, so this Originally, I think when you encountered it was uh, integrated thematic instruction, and then it was highly effective teaching, and now it's learning student school, and you've used it in a lot of different settings, and I just wanted to let you kind of talk through that with people of, of when did you first encounter it, what have you seen in using it in the classroom, in your own personal classroom, but then kind of as your career changed and evolved, why you continued to come back to the model um, that we use here at Clayton Bradley. So. First, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thank you, Kendall. Yeah, and so let's just start from the beginning. So we'd have to go back to uh, beginning with Fort Craig or kind of the start of the idea of Fort Craig several years ago. Uh, When did you first encounter this model and kind of how did that process go for you to be part of that team implementing that at Fort Craig? Well, what happened in my career is that I was teaching at John Severe and had an opportunity when I was at John Severe to go to Arizona and several other places that were looking and actually implementing integrated curriculum. At that time, it was kind of like a new phenomenon that people were doing, and I was a little skeptical about what I was going to find when, when I did go and observe that happening at some schools in Arizona. but. I went when I was at John Severe teaching first grade at that time, and it was a preliminary step toward the beginning of the creation of Fort Craig School. And when I went and I saw the integrated curriculum, I was extremely impressed. And I thought it really started my brain to thinking about learning in a different way because it really triggered a lot of things in me that I felt like was really beneficial to students and student learning. So when I came back from that trip, I started implementing some of the integrated um, thematic learning in my classroom at John Severe, and I saw immediately some improvement in student learning just from that small step that I was taking. We also had an opportunity to go to several other locations and look at really the thematic um, theme that they had at that time for uh, Susan Kavalik's uh, thematic learning yeah. that was going on and had an opportunity to see it the full plan in operation as far as using lifelong guidelines and life skills and also looking at the theme in regard to the learning. 
So when we started to set up Fort Craig, I really wanted us to take a very deep look at using lifelong guidelines and life skills. And the non-threatening environment piece was really, yeah. really important because I saw a huge difference in my classroom with using that type of, of um, actually teaching children how to behave rather than policing children with their mm. behavior because I, I've always felt like in many cases that children are really policed with behavior that they don't even know um, how they should behave in many cases because you have different standards for different you know places that you're going to right. be in regard to your behavior and so when we did start Fort Craig we did start with the uh, thematic instruction and we started with lifelong guidelines and life skills yeah and we also started with integrating our curriculum and I really fell in love and taught in that system for five years in a multi-age environment with K-1-2. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting. One of the things you talked about was kind of being skeptical. People that maybe are listening that have not been in education don't understand the, the kind of the programs at times that get passed down into public schools. And, and many times they, they start with a good idea and then you get a lot of hands in the pot, so to speak, of, of manipulating that good idea. And, and when it gets to the actual implementation in the classroom, a lot of the reason it was it was started has disappeared almost, you know. And, and so in education, we, we, will, we see these programs come by all the time. We see these ideas that, you know, like I said, I think a lot of them start from a good place, but then sometimes they get politicized. Sometimes it's just a, a company gets involved that looks at how to make money on this idea and when you start doing that then the good idea that started is manipulated to the point that sometimes it's not even a good idea anymore and so this is something that it has been around for a while but for the most part has been able to stay out of the kind of the political arena it's been able to stay out of the uh, textbook or textbook company arena which textbook companies you know they love to buy these these packages like this and then they start to manipulate it and they start to write textbooks that you have to use then to do it and that sort of thing and so the fact that this model has uh, been able to stay out of that but yet still have a lot of success and show success and like you were saying a lot of people will talk about like they immediately see the effects of, of the absence of threat in the classroom the behavior management piece with not just lifelong lifelong guidelines and life skills are not just behavior management, but it does help with behavior management. And they start to see that, oh, this is actually how the brain works. When you start to to theme and integrate the way the world actually themes and integrates, then the learning becomes more genuine and more real. And so it's been exciting to even be part of it at the level I've been a part of it to see that here's a really good idea that, that somehow has stayed out of, of the manipulation that happens with a lot of really good ideas in education. And so when you said that about being skeptical, I thought that's so true because it, it doesn't take long for really good ideas in education to no longer look like they're supposed to look by the time they, they enter the classroom. And a teacher really starts to try to implement what that model looks like by the time it gets to the teacher. Um, it's already been changed and, and kind of gotten out of some of the the reasons it was started and so I think that that was a great intro into this model and so you started it with John Sevier you were on the planning team at Fort Craig before it opened and so was everybody on that planning team 
also already in line with the ITI stuff, the integrated thematic instruction idea, or was that something that some members on the team had seen this and maybe tried it, and, and what conversation took place there? Well, I had the opportunity to start a year before we even started planning for Fort Craig uh, to go and do a lot of research on best practices in, in learning and also looking at the, um, the integrated thematic instruction model. And so then the second year that, uh, that right before we were getting ready to do our year-long planning for Fort Craig is when I then left my teaching position at John Severe and became full-time in planning Fort Craig okay. and the curriculum for Fort Craig that year. And so there was uh, three other, four other teachers that worked with me and some were elementary teachers and I was focusing on uh, K-1-2 and then we had other teachers. There was two other teachers that were focused on 3-4-5 because okay. at that time the school was going to be structured with kindergarten and then uh, one two being in one location and then upstairs it was going to be multi-age three four five at the Fort Creek school oh wow and then we added preschool onto that so the original five teachers did have some training in thematic instruction but the other teachers that we hired we trained after we hired them okay so we actually didn't have zoned students going to that school it was anyone who wanted to apply in the whole Maribel City area and then we opened it up to Blount County and they would come in and they would find out um, you know what we were going to be teaching well, what our philosophy was at that school because that's very important that people understand the philosophy that you're going to be talking about and you're going to be teaching at that school because number one is that I definitely was did not want to use textbooks mm. because the whole goal and what it says about the brain and how the brain learns is that you want to really present information where the students then begin becoming in charge of their learning yeah. And once they become in charge of their learning and the teacher is there to guide them and to help them, then they that motivation is over the top. They're extremely motivated then if it's they feel like that they have the, the, that charge, in charge feeling about what they're going to learn. I do not know of a textbook that provides that opportunity for you yeah. to feel like you're in charge of your learning. Right. Because... Ordinarily, you're going to read that chapter that you're studying about, and then you're, there's a good possibility that you may be answering the questions at the end of that chapter. Right. And so that engagement that occurs doesn't occur. Yeah. Well, and not only does this model put the student in charge, and of course, I'm going to get a little bit into CBA, which we're going to get into uh, later, but one of the things we talk about with our teachers is we want them to be the professional in the room. And so we hire professional people. And if I hire a professional and then I just give them this kind of canned curriculum with a textbook and say, you know, start at chapter one and go to chapter 20, um, the issue is that takes the professional out of it at times. Because now I'm just relying on the professional that wrote the book or that wrote the curriculum. I'm not relying on the professional to be the teacher, to recognize those students in the classroom how the scenarios that they're going to present in the classroom actually relate to that student. I, I knew, um, I, I know I, I've talked a little bit about this. Of I grew up in Southern West Virginia, you know, and there was more than once that we were reading a book because it was in the curriculum or, or a story or whatever. 
that I had no mm-hmm. I had no connection in my brain of what that looked like. You know, we didn't have that kind of thing in Southern West Virginia. And so sometimes that's okay to like introduce something new, but when you're dealing with a whole story that you're reading, you're trying to answer questions on, you're trying to write about later or, or whatever, to somebody that has no experience with this at all, that makes the learning really difficult. And it makes the buy-in from the student. The student doesn't want to, to buy in as much on that because I don't even know what we're talking about. Like, you know, I don't know what a six-lane uh, highway looks like. We didn't have those, you know. And so to say you've got to be planning for which exit you're taking, and, you know, that was in driver's ed as well. you got to be planning for which exit to take. And I'm going, I, I rode on a lot of the roads I grew up on. There weren't any exits. You know, they were, they were just country roads. And so that you lose that connection then in the learning. And that's what this model, I love the thematic part of this model of giving the teacher the ability to be a professional, to integrate that instruction, to connect with the students that are in the room and help those students then learn what they need to learn. And I agree, it puts that ownership then on the student, it puts that ownership on the teacher as the professional to be creative, to, to be uh, on the cutting edge at times to, to look at what can I use to connect this student because those students are going to change. And so we've got to make sure that we stay current right we, we've talked about that in, in staff meetings of you know if you say the phone on the wall when in, do any of our students even know what that would mean the phone on the wall like some of us grew up with the phone was on the wall right like you know but for our students no phones are ever in the, the phone's in the pocket you know or the phone's you know wherever you want it to be it's not on the wall it's not connected to anything um, and so unless it's being charged uh, and so you know tra- staying current we can do that without a textbook. I, I taught from a textbook that was over 10 years old. You talk about being current. There was science in that textbook that had been proven to not be accurate anymore. And my kids are still reading about it in chapter four, you know, and you're going, now that is not the case anymore, you know, and the kids are going, why am I reading this then? You know, so it, it, it disconnects the student instead of connecting the student. And I think that's one of the things I love about this model is it allows that connection to happen. I agree with you completely. I, I will tell you that it's, what you're talking about is your experiences and and what experiences children bring to the table with learning and that's the reason why it is so so important to look at being their experiences mm. because when you t- have a student or a class participating in a being their experience what you're doing is leveling the playing field there for um, for being able to create um, learning based on what they're experiencing and then you're able to look at that and create greater critical thinking from that and problem solving yeah so it also helps the brain then to have that emotional connection to that learning and it's that emotional uh, that emotional connection to the learning that helps with moving that information from short-term memory to long-term memory and that's what we're really all about absolutely you know that's another big part of the brain and how the brain learns so those being there experiences are there for a very critical reason mm-hmm. it's just like when we our parents reach out to uh, when our teachers reach out to our parents to do home visits or to meet together before school starts it's setting the basis for our relationship piece and the importance of that relationship to the child, teacher, child, and teacher, parent, because then you're creating and developing what we want, which is trust. Right. 
because that trust is an emotional connection that is very important to keeping that child from the brain stem where we know that no learning is going to occur to the frontal lobe where we know all learning takes place. Yeah. So when you were starting to look at this as a teacher then, um, and like you said, you, you saw this in Arizona, you came back, you started implementing, you saw some success. Then you get put on this planning team, which actually took you out of the classroom for mm-hmm. it was just a year that you were out of the classroom. Yes. And then you get your kids back, which I'm mm-hmm. probably, I'm sure you were probably excited about. Um, as a teacher, what was kind of the hardest transition you went through from the way you taught before you started trying to do this model to saying there's value in this model, but what do you consider to be the, the kind of the difficult part to implement um, at, on that teacher level? Well, I think that, you know, for myself, I had an opportunity, you know, to really process Mm. this information over a period of time, which was very beneficial. Plus, all the programs that I researched that I really believed in, I was able to implement at Fort Creek. Oh, nice. So that made it much more user-friendly for me. Yeah. But I think that what really sold me on the program, uh, and it's really not a program it's more of a philosophy about how you feel about how children learn it's really more of a philosophy Um, and that was when I saw children when I saw the excitement for learning that children had in my classroom that didn't exist before Mm. it completely changed me It just changed how I looked at children and how they learned because you cannot replicate that excitement. You know, you you can only create it by helping children be um, presenting material to them that they're interested in and they want to learn and what they're in charge of. It's them having that freedom to learn the way they want to learn. Yeah. And you're there as a teacher to keep them guided and focused and moving ahead step by step in what they want to, to do and, and what they want to learn. And it's really all about taking what you're learning and you're actually applying it to how you're going to learn in life. Right. It's not just about school. Right. And we're not just about school at CBA. We're about life. Yeah. And teaching children how to live life. You know, that's it. It's a big deal as a teacher when you start to see kids really start to enjoy their learning. I know I always took it as a personal challenge when kids would come in my class and say, well, I don't like science, Mr. Terry. And I was like, well, this now, you know, I'm accepting this challenge of I'm going to find something that I can connect with you on that you'll you'll like science before we're done. Um, And looking at how to do that different. One of the things I have seen in, in a lot of what we consider to be really great teachers is they might not be using this model, but they're doing a lot of what this model says because that's what really great teaching is. You know, the ITI model switches to highly effective teaching, which I think was correct in the naming because it is a highly effective teacher that uses this. And I know we're switching it to learning center school model because we're trying to put the focus on the actual learning that takes place. But teachers that are really good teachers they're building relationships they're looking at ways to connect kids into the learning they're looking at ways to make the learning come alive because they know that's how kids learn you know it's not 
it is brain research, but it's not rocket science of how kids learn. They learn whenever they're engaged. They learn when they're experiencing. They learn when they're doing. The hands-on inquiry, the the projects, the the just inquisitive nature of, of kids as they're growing up, they ask that question, why? What are they wanting to know? They're wanting to know how this works and all the intricacies of, of it. And so if you can start to open that up, a lot of times the kids grab it and run with it. Um, now, a lot of what we talk about in our model deals with environment, but that environment is really just to do what you were talking about, getting the kid in a place where they feel safe, where they feel like they can take a risk, where they can be vulnerable, where they can ask a question, where they can uh, inquire. And those are the, the places we want kids. And so that's why sometimes our model, when you're talking about it, it you do talk about the lamps and plants and colors and lights and and aromas in the classroom and, and cleaning agents and all of that. But all of that is intended to get the person in the right place to learn. And so that idea of when the kid is owning their learning, um, their engagement at that point and the level at which they learn is much higher. And so I know you've experienced that with Fort Craig. You experienced that as a teacher for several years. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. This has been a part one of a two-part episode with Pat Bradley, the executive director and founder of Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you enjoyed this. If you'd like to find out more about our school, you can visit us on our website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or you can find us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. If you'd like to visit us to learn more about the model that we use, you can get contacts through the website, and we would love to have you on campus to show you what we do, to show you the magic that really is the model of Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.